I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Good morning, everyone. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. And my name is Matthew Deemer, and this is the weekend update. Today is Saturday, March 27th, 2021. You know, I was having a shower thought just yesterday. And Okay, bear with me with this shower thought. And I'm wondering if this is going to show the historical pattern of what's to come. It was August 1971 where Nixon was like, you know what? We're just going to get off this whole Bretton Woods gold standard thing. We're just going to make this fiat currency thing. And I bet at the time, and there were people at the time saying, yeah, no, you can't do that because then the dollar will be backed by nothing. And they were right. It's backed by nothing. But a decade went by and people were still using the dollar and two decades. And now it's 60 years later and... Okay, besides this whole printing money out of nowhere, 25% of currency inflation thing this year. Let's just forget about that for one second. The U.S. dollar has been our source and a pretty much global source of commerce. And we buy things all the time with it. It works pretty well. And there's still U.S. dollar skeptics. 60 years later, U.S. dollar skeptics. And that's kind of where crypto comes in. And so I want to juxtapose this to the Bitcoin and crypto space. There's a lot of Bitcoin and crypto skeptics out there saying it's a scam, it's a Ponzi scheme. It's backed by nothing. It's just digital internet fairy money, right? And I wonder how long that's going to persist. I mean, it's already been, you know, a, over a decade. And Bitcoin is, you know, becoming more and more mainstream. I mean, yeah, when Bitcoin was 50 cents, a dollar, even $10. And everybody said this whole Bitcoin thing, you, I would be skeptical too. It's like, yeah, yeah, Ponzi scheme. Yeah, I, I can see it. Sure. Scam. I get it. 100%. But when you have major companies and major banks and major institutions coming in and hodling or buying or wanting to ETF Bitcoin, doesn't it move into a different realm? And there's still crypto skeptics out there. They're still fudding. They're still saying it's a Ponzi scheme and a scam. And what I'm asking is, how long are these guys going to be there? I mean, there's still fiat skeptics. There's still people out there 60 years later going, this is a scam and it's working pretty well. I mean, that's debatable. Okay, don't. Please don't start, you know, going minutia and, and and digging in here and splitting hairs with me right now. I'm just on a little rant. Give me one second. But I'm just saying, like, in 60 years, are you still going to have the Bitcoin fudsters? 100 years, still going to have the Bitcoin fudsters saying it's a scam, it's a Ponzi scheme. And I'm wondering if they just have to be there. You know, it's interesting because the Bitcoin fudsters are the opposite of what we are. In a bear market, they're bullish. In a bull market, they're bearish. When it's a bear market in the crypto space, they're like, I told you so. And they're happy as hell. I wonder if they see red and they get up and they go, this is their happiest day. It's kind of like when we see all green in our portfolios and we're just stoked the whole day. It's just an interesting thing that they need to be part of the system to continue the system. We need to have them. So Bitcoin Fudsters, thank you for being here. You help innovation, I assume, somehow. Just like Fiat Fudsters, they helped create the crypto space. And if it wasn't for them, the Fudsters, we wouldn't have the Bitcoin innovation. So you guys hang on there. Hang on for the next 50 years, 60 years, 100 years. And I'm happy to welcome the new form of innovation to come out. Thank you for being you, you crypto Bitcoin futster. Moving into some headlines, not just my rant this morning. This Fidelity's ETF is really shaking things up. I mean, people are really thinking that the SEC is going to approve this application for this ETF. 
And Fidelity stands a great chance because of the size of the company, the history of the company, the credibility of the company. And it's going to be great for everybody because an ETF means more people can buy Bitcoin by not buying Bitcoin. They're just going to buy the ETF of Bitcoin that represents the price of Bitcoin, which is kind of, you know, not the purpose of Bitcoin. But again, please, I'm not going to split hairs today. But this is really good. And it could be just hopium from the crypto space or investors or people who want to turn a quick buck. But people are very bullish on this news. However, looking at Grayscale, Grayscale has a lot to lose because they have basically carved a niche for themselves in this industry, you know, making the GBTC trust. And this allows high profile investors to buy Bitcoin without actually buying Bitcoin. And if they can do that with an ETF, what happens to Grayscale? So Grayscale did this with a legal loophole to get around the whole ETF SEC thing. And it's interesting that nobody really copied it. And if they did, they weren't really effective. Grayscale is really killing it in this. But an ETF could kind of put them out of business or at least very much threaten their business. So what are they going to do next? Are they going to innovate? How can they innovate? Maybe they will make their own Grayscale ETF. Anyway, what I'm trying to say with this is this Fidelity ETF application is really stirring things up because this ETF is very possible to come to fruition. Now, of course, I'm not telling you that this is going to happen. What I am saying is that people are very bullish on this, but we have to understand, but we have to understand and look at the future. What is it going to do to the rest of the crypto space and these companies that carved out a niche for themselves? Argo and DMG, two Bitcoin firms, they team up together to launch a clean energy mining venture, and it's going to use hydroelectric resources. This kind of venture and this kind of focus is going to make Bitcoin mining a more carbon-happy solution. By the way, I interviewed Argo on February 11th, so if you want to hear that interview about them setting up mining in Texas, you can look at that article. This new mining venture using clean energy, renewables, hydroelectric, is called TerraPool. I'm very much looking forward to see how this sets up and to see them succeed. More and more artists are getting into the crypto space with NFTs. As we heard from last week, Kings of Leon dropped their new album on NFT, which offered a NFT VIP package. I really don't know what that means, but it really just souped it up on the blockchain. And it's just other products that artists are using to make revenue. So now The weekend, he's getting into the NFT space and he's teasing his new song NFT on Twitter. We really don't know what that means. Will you be able to buy the NFT of the song and it could be yours? Will you have a sneak peek by buying the NFT? Will you be able to buy clips of it? We're really not too sure. But what I'm saying is more and more artists are getting into the NFT space. Speaking of NFTs, SEC Commissioner Hester Crypto Mom Pierce said investors should be careful not to create unregistered securities when buying and selling fractional shares of an NFT. This is important because everybody wants to create an NFT. And as we heard early this week on an episode about crypto law, it's easy to break copyrights. It's easy to infringe on copyrights. But can you infringe on securities? Think about this when you're creating an NFT. The Howey test. This is the test to say, hey, this might be a security. And there's four key aspects to the Howey test. Number one, is it an investment of money? Number two, is there expectation of profits from this investment? Number three, the investment of money is in a common enterprise. And number four, any profit comes from the efforts of a promoter or third party. So if you're going to make an NFT, make sure that you're not making a security. And if you're buying an NFT, make sure that you're not buying an unregistered security. Because if they find out, it's not going to be good for the creator. And probably the purchaser is going to lose a little money too. And finally, the CIO of Soros Fund Management, Dawn Fitzpatrick, thinks Bitcoin is no longer a fringe asset. She said this is due to the growing fear over fiat currency debasement. 
She also added that the firm is investing in cryptocurrency infrastructure. She said, end quote, when it comes to cryptocurrency generally, I think we're in a really important moment in that something like Bitcoin might have stayed a fringe asset, but for the fact that in the past 12 months, we've increased the money supply in the U.S. by 25%, so there's a real fear of debasing of fiat currencies, she said, end quote. This is interesting because we just said more and more players are coming in the space. Companies, institutions, banks, high net worth investors, they're all looking at cryptocurrency in some form. So is this just magical internet money Ponzi scheme scam? I guess we'll probably still be talking about this in 60 years. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Aaron. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share on Apple Podcasts. Leave me a comment or send me an email, Aaron at decrypt.co. I'll see you tomorrow. Until then, happy hodling.